That's alright. It's R18. We should say R100. It's oh, really rude. R for really good, man. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode, Raw Knowledge. You guys know by now what we're about, who it is, who's hosting, but I'm here with another guest, Matt West. That, that rhymed actually, I didn't even plan that. Right oh, off, you didn't even know it, right, I tell you, mate, right <laughs> off the top draw. I guess uh, to start off, as we always do, tell people, you know, obviously, fellow coach, but why you do what you do, bit of a synopsis, give people a rundown. Yeah, sure, man. Well, first of all, my name's Matt West. Uh, before we do, mate, I think we should let the elephant out of the room, keep the listeners engaged and, you know, start things off with a laugh. Because one of the biggest things I like to do is make people happy, make people laugh, all right? Yeah, and so, if you've not seen Matt's Instagram, maybe just have a quick look first, come back. Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> then they'll get a better idea. Good, good. Well, I think what we should do is ask a few of these questions throughout the podcast, if you're okay with that. I like it. All right? Yeah. So I might just fire one off the hip. Bang, middle of the podcast, you ask me a question, I'm gonna shoot you something back completely random. Right, it first could be anything, guys. <laughs> could be anything. First one's first. Would you rather know every time someone talks shit about you over text, or every time someone talked about you out loud? Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's a good one. I would say out loud, because I think you would get more of a truthful, descriptive, idea of what they were talking shit to you about where text things are, can either be really like misconstrued there's no emotion behind it you yeah. know what i mean so i'd like to hear the voice i think well i suppose thinking of this from a different angle i don't really give a shit what people think of me so if we just put it as they t over text i wouldn't know and i wouldn't care anyway yeah because there's no real benefit of listening like when someone talks shit like it's not really gonna well the thing is people do anyway don't they so. exactly it's like lions don't lose sleep over the opinion of sheep. Hey, the sheeple, eh? The sheeple. That's what my friend calls them, the sheeple. <laughs> the sheeple. He brings me up and he's like, yeah, so the sheeple have been going. <laughs> so I think I would choose the first option. I would rather people talk shit about me over text because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, so back to, the, back to the first question. So basically, my name is Matt West. Hello, everybody. Uh, I have been a fitness coach for the last eight years. And I specialize in two things. One, I like to help people live happy, healthier lifestyles, okay? Sustainable lifestyles. And I also specialize in a niche off that. I help men build muscle without the fat. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, I think maybe if you're okay with it, we should start it back at the start as to how I come to that. Mate, absolutely. You know yeah. I love a good backstory, mate. Mm. It's all about where it started. So I'm 30, almost turning 31 years old now. And back, way back in the day, actually I left school when I was 16. So I just finished year 10 and I started off and took a mechanics apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. And I only did that for about four or five months. And then I made a complete sea change when I was brought up in Victoria and I moved down to Tasmania and I became a sheep shearer. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mate. There's a lot of jokes just, coming to mind right now, brother. Just uh, let that sink in for a second. I right? used to live in New Zealand for 10 years, mate. Fun fact. Did you? Yeah, apparently Kiwis outnumbered four to one by sheep. Is that right? Yeah. You used to hang on to a few woolly jumpers, mate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so uh, that's where my work ethic started. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to be a sheep shearer. So I shore sheep for six years and I based myself in Tasmania. It's very physical, isn't it? Extremely physical. Because like, people laugh, but I'm like, I've seen that. and it's, it's man, I, don't, I always say it, I don't think there's a harder job out there. If you're pushing yourself to the limit when you're shearing, uh, I just do not think you can find anything harder. Maybe that's a bit naive of me. I had a mate who was a horse dentist, apparently same thing. 
Yeah. I know. I thought he was joking when he told me, but no, it's a thing, horse dentist. And he's like, you, it's hard. I have known horse dentists in the past as well. Yeah, and that is a very cool, especially I think it's more like a specialty way. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they used to do them all the numbers and then you're constantly yeah. going. Well, you get, it's piecework. So the harder you work, the more you get paid. Opposed to if you're a horse dentist, you'll go around, you might do two at one farm. So the difference in yeah, between those two, that's true. you do two, two horses at one farm and then you might travel 30 minutes down the road. But when you're shearing, you've got four two hour runs and those eight hours, like when people say I've got an eight hour work day, those two hours that you're working each run, which is like goes for two hours, it is just like absolutely balls to wall. I remember when I was shearing in South Australia, I'd go through four singlets a day. Jesus. Yeah. Eight to ten litres. Are they getting fed in? You just grab them and... Yeah, so basically the farmer puts them in. They've got to be off the paddock for 24 hours. So they've got no food in their belly so they don't kick and tear about. Yeah. And oh. yeah, they just keep on bringing them in, mate. Have you got, you've got you cut the hoof in the face, I imagine. Oh, Cause they, and other places, mate. Yeah, oh, up in the nuts. damn. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they, they're, they're big animals. Like, they're not big, but they're not... They're, they're, not, well, they they're are, pretty man. strong. And they are getting bigger. Like, a lot of, a lot of the time... You know, sheep can be like upwards of 80 kilos now. Jesus. So I worked it out one day. If you So there's shearing them where you take all the wool off them and there's crutching them where you just take a little bit of wool off around the ass and around the head as well. Okay. And that's in between shearing to keep them so they don't get fly strike around the yeah. backs and stuff. Makes sense. If you do 400, so you, you, you crutch a lot more because you're not taking as much off. So, But if you do 400 a day at 80 kilos, it's like, oh, now someone's going to work it out. But I think it works out to almost 32 tonne you're pulling across like pulling across the board each day. Jesus. Yeah, I remember times where I would, you know, crutch over 400 sheep in a day, and if I had to travel 45 minutes home, I'd be stopping on the highway and having to stretch my back halfway home because my back, you could almost hear it aching, mate. <laughs> that's how bad it was. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's intense. Yeah, so, that's character building. Man, I just can't even put words behind it. It's like one of those things, unless you go and experience it, yeah. you don't. It's you almost like you need to, to appreciate it, you need to, do a day, 100%. at least. Yeah, just, just do one day. So everyone out there listening, go pick up the shears for one day, or even just experience. <laughs> go out to the country. And I think they do it in the New shears. Zealand. You can like do the experience. Oh really? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Well, I think the experience has had the day in day out. You know, like if you just go and do it for a day, you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. At least you know, at the end of the day, it's over. Yeah, that's true. But the thing and the big thing for me was the mindset that I got from it, where it's day in day out. Week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. That must be a fuck ton of sheep. Because you know, how sh fast do they oscillate around before, like, say you shear a sheep? 12 months it takes you to go shear them once a year. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a fuck ton of sheep then. If they, if you're doing them every day and it's not just you and there's other fellas doing them, yeah, how yeah. many fucking sheep are out there? Christ. Oh, there's a lot of sheep, man. There must be. I used to shear around 25,000 sheep a year. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. just thinking, like, that's you and it's every day for four hours, two hours break, two hours, right? Every day for eight hours a day. Oh, eight hours a day, yeah. sorry. So two, four hours. Two, four, two, four uh, hours. No, no. Stints. Four two hour runs. Did I start saying four, two, two hours? Four, two No, no, you did, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, no, fair enough. It's broken. That, man, like, that's a lot of sheep. Yeah. So, that's where the work ethic for me began, like how I started for fitness. So, yeah. I would generally get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and very much like shearing is one of those jobs where very regimented with time mm. like to the second all right because it's piecework and it's got to be fair for all the workers so you can't be shearing more than someone how, else how do you keep a track of fairly 
the, how many sheep you've shorn? Well, they get counted, so either by the farmer or depending on uh, how big your shearing team is. So it's not just shearers that come in, they have rouseabouts and they're the guys who pick the wool up. And then you've got wool classes and you've got wool presses and then you've got penner-upper people that like, actually like, pen the sheep up for you. So sometimes a contractor will bring a whole team in if it's a big property. Right. But if it's a small property, just the farmer will count them out and then you can look at each run, you can go and look at how many sheep you've done and you check it off. Because every time you go in, as you guys may, the listeners may know, when you're going into a festival or something, they've got those little tally counters. Yeah, yeah that's what you use. So every time you walk into the pen, you just click the tally counter. So you know exactly how you many you've done. You have to go done. get it every time. Yeah, you've got to go grab the sheep every time. Yeah. So, but they're in a pen. Usually. They're in a pen. Oh, they're in a catching pen. Yeah. Is that and you hard just to across. grab a sheep? Oh, uh, no, nah, you learn to do it pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, you do want And the one it. thing about um, shearing, which led over to my fitness, was technique. It's all about technique. Yeah. And that was instilled. And you don't, obviously you don't hurt them. Like, no, no, well, you don't want to hurt them, one, because kind person but yeah the exactly other, the other, yeah, the I'm, other, I'm an animal lover so i'm like i've seen some people get rough with them i'm like oh hey, yeah be careful man and the other thing is you know you don't want to make them unhappy because then they're going to kick and slow you down it's piecework yeah. so you want to treat them as kindly as possible yeah, exactly. and get the job done because you're helping them out at the end of the day exactly they probably need to yeah, be, sheep need to be shorn they'll be fucking they'll they be will, like cheers mate i'm fucking yeah. that was hot <laughs> <laughs> that was bloody hot out there <laughs> 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 got my jacket off <laughs> yeah we used to have a joke when you'd go in if you ever shearing ewes which are the female sheep mm. You'd be like, come on, boys, let's go undress these girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, they look weird when they're shorn, eh? They just look so different, yeah. actually. Have you got those, uh, just a question. I know we talk a lot about sheep, so if anyone likes sheep, you'll be fucking <laughs> loving this the first 20 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? You hey? didn't see that. See, I told you it'd be different. Well, no, you know, black sheep. What about black sheep? Do you get a lot of those? Because they're quite they're beautiful looking. Yeah, animals. so black sheep are like wool contamination. If you're shearing just all white sheep yep. and you get a black sheep yep. in, that's like has to be treated with um, like a lot of precaution. Oh, why? Because um, that can contaminate the wool. So if you've got black wool going into white wool, even like a thumb print of it is like treated as a big deal. So the shearer will yell out black wool and then one of the rouseabouts, so the people who come and grab the wool, they'll come over and they'll have to put it in a separate bag and just make sure that there's no fibres of any black fibre in with the white fibre. Makes sense. Yeah, because when it goes... For this production quality. For the production line, yeah. If that, they get like a sale, mm. that can contaminate like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of wool. Um, do you get, I mean, I don't know in your experience, it was the many black sheep that you get. Is, is it a defect or is it actually a breed? Like, uh, yeah, they, they, they are a breed, but sometimes they might just have a little black spot on them. So sometimes oh, to the right. naked eye, you won't be able to see any black spots on the sheep. But yeah. then when you shear them and you take them off, they'll just have, they could have like the size of a 20% piece. Oh, think. Jesus. Right. Yeah. But go. then you just rip it out. But <clears throat> I think that, you know, to summarize and not talk the whole podcast about sheep, but the biggest things that I got out of it was mindset and like the skill in terms of like what I carry over into my fitness now is in terms of like, I had a shearer t tell me one time, I was at a shearing school and um, I had a shearer tell me, he's like a little less of this and he pointed his head, a little bit less of this and he pointed his bicep and he said a little bit more of this and then he pointed his head. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit less muscle, a little bit more thinking mm. in terms of like, it's not necessarily the strongest that shears the most sheep, it's the smartest and the mo who's got the best technique. And when I started shearing, uh, when I started fitness, I was like, applied that same thing. I looked at the guys who had the best physiques and you know, I slowed things down and made sure I learnt from the best. And then that's when the results came the fastest for me. Funny enough, like, you ever see guys in the gym where they're like, 
see you know there's a guy with an awesome physique or a girl with an awesome physique and they're working out and they're really concentrating on getting a full stretch in the movement hard contraction mm -hmm. not too heavier weight yeah. their minds in the muscle yeah. and then you'll see some amateur beside them that's you know only been training for six months and they're just like trying to swing the 25 kilo dumbbells up i'm like i've never understood that i'm just no. like what are you doing like that guy there or that girl there looks like amazing and look what they're doing so i suppose that's one mm. thing that i learned probably the biggest thing is like Success leaves clues, you know. Yeah, I love that quote. And, and I really resonate with the technique as well because that's something that I pride myself on. And I think a lot of great coaches, like you said, they focus on that. It's the quality, not the quantity. And with quality comes quantity. Mm -hmm. I think of a few people when you're mentioning that, like you said, and you, you see them over the years. You know, I go back now, you can think about when I first trained. Oh, that rugby player, and he had a great physique and he didn't use it. But the technique was good. And a basic example I use for people because I tell clients this. I said, look, if it was just enough to lift weights, why now if we walk in the gym at any one time, 80% of the physiques, we strip everyone off, don't really look like they train. Yep. And I said, let's not even talk about nutrition and lifestyle, let's just focus on that. I said, but they're doing the lap pull down, they're doing the squat, they're like most, most of the time, they're doing the movement, right? They're doing yeah, the yeah, machines. Yeah, of course. And people go, yeah, and I said, so what's the difference? Yeah. It's the positioning of the joints, manipulating the muscle, it's all the little nuances, it's the gray areas. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the, and there's no magic, as I always say, but that, that's one of the little keys to, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Yeah. So, couldn't agree more, man. 100%. And the, the other big thing, man, is I get so passionate when I talk about it, is the fucking work, man. Yeah, like, we were just talking about this before we switched it on, eh? I don't do it, <clears throat> I suppose oh, this, this quote is like, I don't do it to impress people, I do it to in, impress upon people. Mm. In terms of, but I do it for myself, is like, I just love to work hard. And I think that's carried over from shearing. The harder I worked, the more I got paid. And it worked really well for me. The harder I worked and the smarter, I will say that, and yeah. the smarter, as mm. we just spoke about, it's about working hard and smart and executing mm. correctly. Mm -hmm. But the harder and smarter that you work, the faster results come. Yeah. And there's just something about it, man. I just fucking love to work hard to push myself mentally. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if it's just something that instilled from when I was 16 when I was shearing. Um, but I've got like this sick psychotic work ethic where I just love to go balls to the wall so I can barely breathe. And <laughs> is there something satisfactory about that? Like yeah. some people are like, oh, you don't need to work hard. And like, it's not for everyone. And there is other ways to get results apart mm. from, you know, killing yourself mm. on the floor. Mm. You don't mm. have to do that. No. But for some people, such as myself, it's very motivating to train very hard. It is. It's, it's a mental skill mm. um, to be able to hone. And there's something quite... Uh, sobering and therapeutic about it. I always say um, to, to clients, like, you know, when they get to more advanced levels, I'm like, look, the, the, the elephant in the room now is we, we kind of got to take it to the house. And yeah. again, like you said, it's not about training or failure, but man, once you learn that technique, once you've, you know, built a foundation and you've passed that beginner intermediate phase, especially as a natural athlete, there's only one way that that's going to work now and you kind of got to go there you're and uh, you're going to see the difference and, and why most people don't ever get to evolve their physique to that latter level. And I always say, like, got to be a bit sadistic um, because I do, like you, I do like it. I kind of, you know, thrive off it. And people have different levels and there's people who train far beyond me and everyone's of course, got yeah, their different one. But there's something that it's like, oh, you know other people aren't going there. There's something kind of satisfying that. Like, I'm willing to do what you're not that's why I can achieve something you're not. And, and, and it's not about being better, but there's that little, it's a little win. Yeah, and that's for yourself more so than it is for someone else. It's exactly. just like, how far can I push it? I was just like, <laughs> man, when I have a, I know we're trading after this, but this Oh, it'd be good. Aaron, Aaron's a bit nervous. <laughs> he said, Bro, I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> I always go into this thing like, and I'm, today's going to be fun, trust me. But yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I, whenever I train with someone else, I'm like, 
you're fucking dying, <laughs> I'm not losing. Like, it's either you're dying or I'm not losing. There's no... Oh, this will be fucking. Because, <laughs> like... because I'll, do, I'll do something and Aaron and go, you did fucking 20, didn't you? I'm like, yeah. And he's like... And then he'll get on and try and... Like, he'll either match it or... or yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. And it's just a bad influence, man. And we just get too carried away. This gets a bit Nack minute, three hours oh, later. Well, this we'll... is the last podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we'll be just fucking going out of here in a wheelchair because we're training legs. <laughs> oh, and shit. it's um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. You're not wrong. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one. But one other thing with that is the hard work not only with the training side but i implement that in every single other area of my life right relationships my business life absolutely everything takes that hard work ethic and it's like mm. like people say to me when i'm like helping new coaches up and coming and stuff like i'm happy to give people advice i'm happy to help people because you know what if i say i think to myself i'm like if you can fucking outwork me and do a better job, you deserve it more than me anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because welcome, I come to the Coliseum. I know how fucking hard it is in here. Put on your armored suit because if you come in here and you can outwork me and you can do it better, hats off to you. I'll come and ask you for advice if you do it yeah, better than me. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I, so, business always makes room for good people. 100%. But a lot of people, like I was telling you before we switched it on, I was like, man, you got to put your money where your mouth is. And for years I wasn't. And it's like, man, you got to fuck it. If you're that good, get on the gym floor. You know, everyone wants to kind of jump to the online straight away and you know it's a great medium and we want to build that but so many people are trying to run before they can walk it's like mm -hmm. man you will be a better online coach if you've been a one-on-one -on -one coach and i still prefer the one-on-one -on -one. and despite the fact that one day i'll probably do very minimal of it i want to try and keep an element of it because i love being in front of people yeah um but I you're right how you do give I, away that i don't think no. i'll ever give away the face-to-face -face. i it's love the, that it's the best it's the human thing you don't yeah. just have a laptop all day man like yeah, yeah that goes so far but you're right like how you do one thing so you do everything it carries over in every 100%. aspect of your life yeah i totally agree what else so oh yeah when, when so when i finished uh finished hearing uh, i did that for six years and they're the, they're the biggest things that i took out of that and then i was like i don't want to be in this forever because it's not something that i want i saw so many shearers that were like 50 60 years old and they were just like beaten up living off like the ass of their pants kind of thing yeah. and i was like not that that would ever be me i saved i made a lot of money and you know did really well out of it I gathered the tools that I needed from it. It did what it needed for me in my life and I'm forever grateful for it. But I was like, it's time to move on. Six years is enough in this game. If I keep going, you know, I was only 21 at the time when I got out and I was like, this is a good time to get out. I got in, learnt, got out. Mm. And then I became a stock and station agent. Um, so I was only um, like an apprentice stock and station agent. It was like called a junior TSM, territory sales manager. Right. And there I actually did some auctioneering. So did like three or four auctioneer schools. How many? How many, how many yeah. yeah, had a bit five, had a bit six. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> still got yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Can you do that when we're going raps later? Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes do, but oh, I'm training so my clients. Go five, six, seven, eight. Had a bit eight, nine. Had <laughs> <laughs> a bit ten. Got a bit ten. Beat out. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, you got it. That's yeah. great. I love that. Hey, I love that. A good, a good auctioneer is entertaining though, because that's kind of part of it, right? Because you want to get yeah. people involved, engaged, 100%. like, oh yeah, go on. And that's where I learned new things as well mm. with my business, public speaking, being up in front of crowds. Like that was very, you know, and it's kind of like seeing, like you're getting up there and you're speaking like what feels like when you're doing it, you're feeling like an idiot. Yeah. You know, because it's all it's like you're impressing it in front of a crowd, and I bet you're that like, first time was hard. The old bloody heart was racing. Oh, mate. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> Get up on there and you're like, 
oh shit, because then you got to know the value of the um, yeah. you got to know the value of the stock as well. You know, so you've got to be able to accurately start the bidding, and then you've got to try and pick up the bids. You've always got mm. like a spotter, like that's spotting out for the bids for you. But mm. in uh, housing is different to like um, cattle and sheep. Right. So with with stock, it's very secretive. Like sometimes they'll only like raise their eyebrows. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed that. It's that like when they do like, the horse racing thing. Or they'll just like have their finger like this and then I'll just go, ah. Fuck me. <laughs> it's like making it harder, mate. <laughs> this is hard enough as it is, boys. Jesus. Just give us, give us a wave, would you? Just, just, you know, you don't have to stand and shout, but just maybe raise your hand a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah. rather than a... Yeah, this bloke's about three times. <laughs> no, he's just got a twitch. <laughs> no itchy eyebrows, mate. Yeah, you got a scratch that you want itch, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, exactly, dude. Oh, fuck. You kind of know the buyers, though. So that's the other yeah. thing. You get to know the buyers and what kind of stock they buy, and you'll know that they'll be bidding. It's all kind of like a secret code. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's um, that was really that was a really good time to get outside the comfort zone. Extreme getting outside the comfort zone, you know, mm. and just. Yeah, doing that sort of stuff and then moving into like selling and uh, getting up in front of the crowds. Huge, huge step in the confidence building of my life. Yeah, would have been. Um, but like you said, yeah, try to kind of keep people engaged and stuff like that. Like as me, like having a sense of humor, you like to like throw, throw jokes in there and stuff like that. Oh, you got to, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose once you got competent at it as well, then you could focus more on kind yeah, of the, the, you got, the fun of it. 100%, you got to get your patter down. So like what you, so each auctioneer will have like a bit of a patter in terms of like how they do it. Yeah. Um, so some people like have like a repetitive ways about them, right? And other people got different ways. Yeah, it so makes some sense. Some people might be like seven got, seven bid, and then other people's might go at a bid five, at a bid six, at a bid seven. Like yeah, it's like, like a different like, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah different yeah. rhythm. Um, but then, yeah, some of the funnier auctioneers would like throw the jokes in. That was cool. It'd be like fresher than your neighbor's grass and all this hey. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like bingo and auctioneer combining. Isn't yeah, it? Like, 100%. Because you know, the bingo yeah. people, look, some of those like older people, like fucking good, man. Yeah. They got something for every number. 100%. And just like how they start, it's like, right, your money, your market, your day, your dollar. And like, just kind of like little tiny like rhythms that you throw in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're wordsmiths in many ways. Mm. Uh, and like you said, it kind of forces you to, to be um a lot more i guess precise with what you say and like you've got to be uh, you got to be quick too you got to be 100% and you got to be switched on like oh can imagine that's the thing like you can't fuck that up yeah and the agriculture industry as well it's like unforgiving in terms of people are old school men like young people these I'm starting to sound like an old boomer but like <laughs> Oh fucking boomer it's like these these young people these days I bloody tell you but like <laughs> Young people these days think they got it tough like in an air-conditioned gym when they're trying to be a PT or whatever. Like try throwing yourself out in a cattle yard at 3 a.m. in the morning when it's like minus two degrees, like getting yelled at by some old stock agent that's like calling you very nasty words and like whistling at you like a dog. Like no one should have to go through that, but um, which leads me into the next thing. But yeah, like doing that sort of stuff makes you really appreciate. And like that's why mm. PT's always been so easy for me. Yeah. It's like, man, I'm not shearing sheep. I'm not bloody out at 3 a.m. in the morning in a, in a stockyard that my day's not going to finish until 5 p.m. the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is going to be a walk in the park. I get yeah. to have a coffee at 10 o'clock. You. Yeah. No, I, mate, you, that's, a, that's a really valid point, though, that you make there. I think when you've come from a different, when your expectation or calibration for hard work is very much been 
fuck, this is nothing compared to that. Yeah. PT is easy. And I had that same sort of baptism of fire with the jobs I'd worked in the past. And I just was very focused, came in and did the hours. And I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah. It really is. Because yes, there is a lot of challenges and we're not making that it's easy. But compared to a lot of jobs out there, hey, you get to run your own fucking day, like you said. Fuck yeah. So man. if you, it's you know, want to have a break, well, it's up to you to plan the break. Yeah, exactly. Or put it in there. And like you said, it's, oh, it's brilliant. So yeah, yeah I haven't worked a Friday afternoon in eight years, man. <laughs> It's pretty good. That's, and this is why we're here now. Like, exactly, you know, exactly, right? So good. Be sharing sheep. Exactly. Be sharing sheep, <laughs> mate. Could be out of the stockyard, bloody chasing tail. Shit like that, you know. Uh, I saw um, actually one of the guys I follow, Mike Pearson. I like following him. He put up a little thing the other day. Yeah, it was like, um, I was like an African. It was just like a quote that kind of like resonates with that at the time. So mm. it was like one guy was like, one Western guy was like, I don't have shoes, and then this African person was like, I don't have feet. It's like all perception yeah. and it comes down to like the perception of hard work as like and you know We can't expect everyone to go out there and shear sheep and be no. screamed at in a cattle yard no, for sure But you know if you can expand your mind and put yourself in some difficult situations or Just be grateful and understand how good you actually do have it like you know I know a lot of people out there are going through tough times and stuff, but Just to stop and think like how bad is my situation? Mm. You know, mm. because you have to, you can look always look pretty hard, and like you'll find something where there'll be a worse off person than what you are. Well, it's true, and, and it's focusing on what you can control. But again, yep. it's like comparison to the thief of joy, right? Yep. So people who are in lockdown now are looking at people not in lockdown, and it's like, yeah, it's not fair, but life isn't fair. So, but you can't change it to a degree. So focus on what you can control and do something yeah. in the meantime that is conducive to. Yeah. But I find people who. Um, I don't. I don't want to use the word success because that's getting a bit vague now. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in terms of what it means, because it's subjective to different people. But people who would, let's just say, people who evolve and maybe get the most out of life. Let's put it across like that. Generally, seek or get good at some point with discomfort. And this is like a pattern I've noticed. And I talk about this on the podcast, like with the guests I've had, and you know, over you know 90 odd conversations and not only these podcasts but people that inspire me there's the you know success leaves clues yeah and there's patterns and one of the main patterns is that yeah they are willing to do these things that make them uncomfortable or they've gone through times which fuck yeah maybe i wouldn't want to go through it again and maybe i wouldn't wish it on someone but it's like that was actually a really good learning yeah you know for you and then that changes the mindset and once you sort of grasp that you seek more of it out like you said it's just this work ethic and it's like, ah, but now I actually learn to like it because like the obstacle is the way. That's the thing yeah. that's going to get me where I want to go. And ultimately you feel satisfied that like when you get to the end of a day, whether it's you've shown fucking whatever it is, many hundreds of sheep that you've done, or you've helped out X many people with their most, in my opinion, valuable asset in their life. Mm -hmm. And over oh, time, you know, people turn around and say, fuck man, like you, you changed my life. And, it's, and that's, I, no I don't know about you, but mate, like that is worth every second There's no for better me. feeling in the world. I feel fulfilled. My yeah. days, I feel fulfilled. Like 100%. when I get home, I'm like, man, you know, I, I can, you know, I spend time with people today, I help them out, you know, we, we train, we overcome goals. Was this, I had some great conversations with the people at work. I work with my friends, I work with Aaron, I work with Bree, I work with these amazing people, you know, mm. I get to chat to people like you. Yeah. Podcast, and then I did a bit of YouTube, and yeah, it's, there was a lot of time, there was emails, there was this, there was that, but it's like, fuck man, what a day, you know, it's like, that is amazing. And yeah. it might like you be, it might be like from 6 a.m. till even 7, 8 p.m., but it's like, that's not work for me. 
you know, exactly. and it's not always going to be like that. You know, like one day I would like a family, and I'm sure there'll be the balance. There'll be a bit more like cool time with them. Um, but man, why I'm young and single, and I've got the time, and I can help people. Fucking, yeah. I love it. What else am I going to do? Because it's what I love to do. You know, and I still get to do the things I enjoy on the weekends or something. Mm. Why not? I think like that's something that I'm grateful <laughs> for every day, and I think it's because of the past. And you like look back yeah. and you're like, I'm just so fucking grateful that I can help people on a daily basis, give people results, um, change people's lives and do something that I love at the same time. Because it wasn't always like that, was it? Fuck, but I think that's what brings (laughs) you to it, you know? Yeah. And I used to dream when I was shearing. I used to look out the window sometimes at lunchtime and I knew I had six hours left of shearing and I knew they were tough sheep and hot and dusty and everything. And I used to look and I used to think to myself, oh, there's actually people out there that like, can go have a coffee at 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, it's the simple things, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's little things but you, like do, that. you dwell on the simplicity, like simplicity of it. Yeah. Like, oh, just going for a walk later, maybe at four, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like, and it's like people are like, what do you mean? It's a walk or it's a coffee, but it's like, now nah, I mean, I remember. So on the coffee, I could never afford to drink coffee every day, right? Like, was like, re- I could. Um, it was a waste of money. Sure. You know, like it is a luxury. Yeah, it's three, four dollars one. I'm thinking three or four dollars. But a lot of people shouldn't be spending that too degree, right? Yeah. But I like to support local business as well. And Crafted's one of the great coffee companies, shout out. Um, local brewed, local crafted. Um, Delicious. But um, it was like shit. Like, and I really enjoy, like, I never used to like coffee and I enjoyed it. And so I, in the early days when I was personal training, I just, you know, it was like one a week and uh, maybe two, well, one on the weekend and, and at home. And it's like, all right. That's simple, it's, it's not that bad, you're drinking coffee, but the difference between a barista made coffee and the one with the fucking granular one with the fucking from <laughs> the, the kettle. International roast, the old right? international <laughs> roast, mate. The old Makona, when I was really fucking bored. Fuck, mate, Makona, uh, that's hot. That's I, was, I was high end, mate. That's, that's when I was living. That was $2, mate, Coles. <laughs> Last year, like six months, you know? Yeah, yeah. You had to like scrape it off the bottom because it had been in there that long. But like, you know, it was that, and I, I, you know, I enjoyed it, but then I got to a point where, you know, we can have a coffee every day because it's not, it's not an issue. I don't have to check my bank balance, mm. and it's like those things where I'm like, but I still don't take that for granted. Ah. And it's the gratitude. Yeah. And I'm like, I really enjoy my morning coffee. But people don't get why I enjoy it. It's like, it's not because I enjoy the taste and the flavor and what's going into it. I'm like, it's what it represents. 100%. I'm like me rocking in at whatever time I want to rock in because, you know, it's like turning someone down because I don't train at 5 a.m. in the morning. But hey, yeah. I can still offer an alternative perhaps to someone else. But you know, coming in on your terms and having that enjoyment and getting to work with the people you choose, like, that's fucking gold, yeah, man, bro. That's so, yeah, I, I, get, I get that. And I think that's kind of, like, part of that reward. Or that, like, would it be, and I often ask this, would it be as rewarding if you'd not done that, though? Because if you hadn't, you wouldn't appreciate it as exactly much. If you'd right, not man. done the shearing that's, and the sheep, you, you'd, maybe you wouldn't be where you are now because like you wouldn't winning, have tried. Um, it's like a broke person winning a million dollars, man. That they say the broke person in a million dollars will be broke. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Because if you haven't gone through those mistakes, if you haven't, you know, lived the life and, and earned, you know, the, and, and learned the money management skills, like you're not going to be able to attain that wealth. This is very true. Yeah. This is very true. Um, next part was basically, um, and one thing I think this would be very interesting for the viewers because I think a lot of people go through it throw you a curveball here. Workplace bullying, I went uh, through quite a lot of that Mm. in my stock and station Mm. agent time. Right. And that was one thing at the time where it was hell, like it was bad. And um, I, you know, workplace bullying is not fun if anyone's, any listeners have been through that. It's Mm. not a good time. Yeah, it's fucking not. It's very uncomfortable to go to work every single day and be looking over your shoulder and have the worry of, you know, someone screaming down your throat or going off it for no reason when you're trying to do your best, you know. But 
as I can see now, like that was one of the things when I look back at it, I'm like, I'm so grateful for that guy, even though, you know, I could probably say some pretty nasty things about him, but um, he's made me into the man I am today. Mm. So with like the bullying, for example, like he would um, unnecessarily like call me out or whatever, and I'm trying to do my best, you know, obviously, you know, did three or four uh, auctioneering schools and he'd always put me down. He'd always, um, if I was ever on the phone to, to him, he'd like mumble these words for me to ask him again and then he'd scream it down my throat, things like that. And it wasn't till I decided, nah, you know what, I'm fucking jacked at this. I made the decision. Um, you know, I was quite an independent, strong person as a shearer, mm. but I didn't want to go back to shearing. I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to shearing, so mm. I want to try and make this work, so I put up with it. Mm. And then it got to a time where I was like, nah, enough is enough. Because um, if anyone does know the shearing industry, like you, you don't put up with shit. Like you gotta, you gotta hold your own. Like mm. if you're- Literally. Hold your own. <laughs> yeah, I like that. If you're yeah, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> but you do if you have, know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, you do have to hold your own because if you- Show weakness. Or show weakness, get people like, yeah, get shit on. And that's exactly what happened to me as a stock agent because I was like, fuck, I really don't want to go back shearing. Like that's, a backwards step that I don't want to take. Mm. So um, I put up with them, put up with them, and then so I was like, you know what, I can't do it anymore. The old mat's got to come back <laughs> a little bit. And the old mat at the time, all I knew was kind of aggression from shearing. It was like, if someone pisses you off or someone you know treats you unfairly, you treat them the same back. Yeah, you like and that. Yeah, so it got to the stage where I was like, you know what, um, didn't know what to do. And that's where I turned to fitness. That is where I started turning and that's where I met Zach Poulos when I started training anytime fitness in Wagga Wagga. I was living in New South Wales at the time so I'd moved from Tasmania shearing and mm -hmm. I'd moved up to Wagga Wagga in New South Wales. Started a stock and station agent, did a little bit of shearing there, went stock and station agent. And then that's when I started my fitness. And then I was surrounded by all these happy, healthy people and I was like, man, these guys actually wanna see me do well. They're, you know, hanging around people like Zach, inspiring people that I was like, Man, I want to look like him. I always wanted to improve my physique. And then I saw Zach was like training people inside the gym. And I was like, this guy's like rolling in at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, having a laugh with his clients. I was like, what the fuck am I doing this for getting yelled at when I could be doing something like that? Yeah, literally. Like, why would I be doing that? And then that's when the penny dropped for me. And I just made the decision and I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this, man. I'm out. So I just made a decision to start studying and pretty much straight away I uh, signed up for my Cert 3 and 4 and my shearing had taught me that work ethic where I was just like, all right, let's pump this bad boy out. Mm -hmm. Let's get to work, motherfucker. Get it done. Sooner <laughs> again done, sooner I'm out of that 100%, motherfucking place. Did you, did you jack it in or were you still um, at the auctioneers while you were studying? I was still doing the auctioneering, so I was still doing the um, <clears throat> stock and station agent, yep. And while I was studying, so I was doing big hours, like 70 hours a week. And yeah. the thing was with the workplace bullying as well, they would keep me back, man. And they knew that I was into fitness and a lot of the listeners are gonna resonate with this where yeah. um, people in your workplace, especially like tradies and stuff like that, are like, oh mate, you won't need to go to the gym today. You've already bloody, you know, carted 4B2s all day, all yeah, that type of yeah, shit. Yeah. I'd be like, and I'd be like, no, no matter what, like I'm still going to train. Yeah. Like even if I've had a 13 hour yeah. day, I'm going to train yeah. just to prove you motherfuckers wrong. Because it's not the physical, it's the mental therapy. Exactly, man. yeah. It's therapy, that's 100%. therapy for me. Exactly, that's right. Like, people are like, oh, you won't need to go to the gym today, but that's not why we go to the gym. No, it's the kids. That's only a small part of why we yeah. go to the gym. And you know, like I would get them purposefully making my days longer so they would try and make mm. me not go to the gym. Mm. And that just pushed, drove me harder. Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stay at the gym extra tonight. Yep. I'll do an extra half hour. I'll do an extra hour. Just because yeah. you motherfuckers don't want me to go at all, I'll go for two hours. Exactly. That was one of the things that built me. It did 
have a little bit of a negative impact on my life because it affected relationships at the time yeah. in terms of like my partner at the time. Obviously, that was sacrificed, so something was sacrificed there. Yeah. But I knew it was only going to be temporary. So that's where I studied my ass off. I did my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and then basically um, told him where to go. I just pulled this guy aside one day. He uh, threw a gate into my legs. I was at the sale yards and he threw a gate into my legs and he said, uh, my fucking dog could do a better job than you, mate. Oof. Because the, the thing is, where I come from, you talk to someone like that, you get fucking your head kicked. Out. 100%. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Yeah, like, just, you just don't do, like, yeah, you're going to yeah, get yeah. hit. Like, 100%. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you held back as long as you did. Well, wait for the next part of the story. <laughs> Here we go. So I saw red then. I was like, oh, I knew God. I was already out. And I was just like, oh, this guy was, this guy was old too, man. Like, he was like in mid-60s, short. They think they can get away with it. Man. I know, because he treated me like shit and I was putting up with it because I didn't want to leave because I didn't want to go back You think someone cheering. like that would know better with the size of you as well? <laughs> Fucking hell, Jesus. Well, it wasn't as big He's as not, I, I can't even tell, but like twice the size of me this far. <laughs> Look at him. So it's out-angled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the camera's close from watching. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So basically, man, mm. when he said that, he said, oh, my fucking dog could do a better job than you. And he yeah. threw the gate into my legs. Fuck. And then I was just like, you know what? Saw red. I was like, nah, that's it. I've got to show some aggression here. Yeah. So I just went up to him and I said, what'd you fucking say? And he said, my dog could do a better job than you. And I said, Brian, there's one, th there's one or two options here. I was like, we're stepping outside. And I'm going to flog the fuck out of you. I was like, you can be a man. We can reset this. And I put my hand out to shake his hand. I said, we can start over right now. But I said, I'm not fucking putting up with any of your shit anymore. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. And he went to walk away. I said, don't fucking walk away. I was like, two options, mate. Which one are you taking? I held my hand out and he shook my hand. I was like, I just looked at him in the eyes like, I fucking mean it. Yeah. I, yeah. Fucking, you, and you, then, that's the point where you... Bro, I'm getting goosebumps saying it. It's like, he it needed brings it, back memories. He needed yeah, yeah. Dig. yeah, you got and it. And I just stood up for myself and I was like, man, I'm <clears> not putting up with shit anymore. Because yeah. I've got nothing to lose. Mm, exactly. Uh, I knew where I was going. Um, and basically, he did not say anything and he shook my hand. And then that was it. And I was only there for another two months after that. But ever since I stood up for him, uh, I stood up for myself <clears throat> to him, there was no issues anymore. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But I made a promise to myself. I said to myself, no matter what the situation, no matter what the sacrifice in my life, for the rest of my life, I will never be treated like that because I do not deserve it. No, no one does. No and, one deserves and, it. And it's really hard. It's, you know, this is a, this is a different um, point to bring up because we've not really discussed this before with many people on the podcast. So it's good because it's actually very prevalent in a lot of workplaces. And it happened to me as well when I was younger, a lot at school. I mean, I've been the smaller guy, you know, and I looked a bit different. You're going to pick on, you're going to pick on him, you know. And then same thing in the workplace and just having good people around me to support me but yeah it, you have to stand up to yourself what shocks me is how many people get away with it yeah. and to the degree like like really if it was out in the open it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing like people would go no that's that like we all know as you know that's wrong mm. but it happens all the time um i had a client as well um even a police officer this week was effing and blinding her and i was like are you yeah. for real like, are you for, like, I get it. Like, people get stuck, man. People get stuck in these situations. Yeah. They don't feel like they can get out. Yeah, and it's hard. And I think that's it. And they get suppressed the more they take it. But the thing is, the more you take it, the more yeah. they give it. And that's the thing. You actually have to turn around. And unfortunately, sometimes, I'm not advocating physical violence. No, but, no, 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 definitely. Um, and, and you want to try and get out of it like that. But sometimes it kind of comes to that head point where like, you almost have to. 
like old school because you know you think I used to think oh there's no rules I can't answer someone back I can't but it's like no yes you mm. can yeah. if someone gives it to you you can give it back to them just as good yeah. and you and but you don't have to you can still be uh, I call it professionally cutthroat is a 100%. term that I stand up for yourself commit. hold your emotion yeah yeah, yeah. and it's hard to take the emotion out of it when you're young as well but I think for the people maybe young viewers who are listening or people anyways ask for help uh, 100% yeah. ask people because you don't Talk have to suffer it, yeah. that uh, yeah. and there are people who can give you good advice because like you said I mean I after I had a few instances similar as well and it was always and I was afraid to stand up for myself but funnily enough I never had an issue every time that it would come up in any workplace I'd nip it in the bud and people would go oh this person's an XXX they're so bad they make me cry I'm like yeah I said but you need to stand up for them they're like they're so nice to you I'm like they weren't I just nipped it in the bud straight away mm. I really pulled them aside and I told them and I was like this is the expectation I don't care if you're an area manager and I'm a casual I'm telling you yeah. this is how to run it in terms of we you you I will respect you mutually but you you cannot speak to me like that yeah or why did you do like to inquire and half the time those people shit themselves and they pull their head in and then they're really nice to you because they're actually they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, then they're yeah. afraid of you <laughs> and you're like I'm not trying to make I'm not trying to intimidate anyone but I just I was just being straight with you but now it's almost like you're being extra nice to me, 100%. you know, which is kind of the whole irony. And that's maybe what happened with this fella. He just mm. fucking went the other, it was almost like a test or something. But then the other way he went, fuck, actually, I'm not fucking with this bloke anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's actually going to punch my head in. Yeah, literally. And, you know, but imagine that, if you had that conversation with him the first time he did yeah, it. I wonder yeah. what it would have been. All the pain that I would have not had endure. <laughs> but, but hindsight's a great thing, right? Hindsight is a great thing. Mate, if only we had bought Bitcoin back in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ballin'. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know some people that did. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think the big takeaway out of that, if anyone is listening and going through that, you don't have to put up with it. It doesn't have to resort to violence, so by no means that. Mm, mm. But it is about doing what's uncomfortable. Always ask myself the question, like, what's the most uncomfortable thing but the best thing to do? Mm. And quite often it is to pull someone aside in a professional manner. Like, Correct. there's no need to, to go to violence. But a lot of the time, if you are in that situation and... You know, if someone is giving you um, flack, especially in front of other people, mm. call them out in front of other people and mm. be like, hey, Alex, can we go into the next room over here? I just want to yeah. have a chat. Yeah. And just pulling them away out of that environment. Excuse me, that's a key thing because that is professional because a lot of people do it and make people look, uh, excuse my language, a cunt in front of people. And there are some people who won't, like, they'll be like, no, no, you know, they'll be really childish. She's only so far you can get. Then you'll be like, okay, well, yeah. we're going to have it out here. But Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, it is, that is a key thing though. It's like, uh, there was minimize, isolate, eliminate, and it's it's so true. It's yeah. like take it away. Like I learned that at Marriott. It used to be like you know on the door, and you get people who are shouting and screaming. That's not good for the yeah. fucking clientele. No, no. So you go, oh hey sir, and you know. So as you're walking, you get them away, mm -hmm. and then you know you sort of do very that. rarely <clears throat> is. Um I, oh, man, the best fight to be in is the one that you're not in. <laughs> Fucking like, Too many heroes in the grave, man. Exactly, man. <laughs> you're definitely best off. Like, aggression or anything is probably the least um, to do. I was this young and it did work at the time for me, but I would highly recommend people pulling someone aside out of that environment mm. and having that serious conversation yeah. and taking the high ground themselves. Yeah, and be sincere about it. Like and, you know, the first time you do it, you're going to get a lump in your throat, you're not going to know what to say, and you're just going to fuck up and learn from your mistake, but it'll be better next time. 100%. And as long as you can compose yourself, think about it and get that point across because obviously you know you are marinating on it so you know think about it before the situation happens and the next time it happens you know you know kind of what you're going to do and how you're mm. going to um, 
attack situation. Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, mm. like you said, it's very nerve-wracking. And I've got your sweaty palms and the first time you do it and you stutter or if you get the yeah. emotion gets the better of you. But, you know, they say like life can be measured. You know, that's one of the nice little maxims that are out there. But by the amount of difficult conversation you have, and it's true, man. 100%. And most people are not willing to have these conversations. Yeah, but them. they are really key in life. Especially these days <laughs> with like, text messages, emails, social media, like people don't know how to talk to people face to face anymore. No, and the thing so, is the messages get so misconstrued because yeah. like, you know, I read a Emojis message, you good, read a message. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it only goes so far and you and this person go, has taken it the wrong way and you're like, how have you taken that the wrong yeah, way? Yeah, that's again, what I said. But that's like the difference between we need to understand like communication break. Communication is so critical. Don't get mm. me started on it, but it's, um, yeah, that's why you sometimes there's conversations that you have face to face and there's conversations that you just, you, you know, you can't have over text because you'll say, hey, look, I've yeah. got the message, let's catch up or I'll chat to you about it when I see it because otherwise you're just putting gasoline. Because yeah. the then, easiest thing to do is send the message but oh, or react. The, the easiest is never the best way. Always take the hard road when it comes to those sort of situations because yeah. they are the best. Do what's right, not what's easy. Yeah, that's exactly right. So long and short of that, man, um, Basically, I hated that guy for a lot of years. I actually um, bought some Cuban cigars from. <laughs> I bought some Cuban cigars from America. I was like, when he dies, I'm gonna smoke one. Oh, <laughs> that's dark and deep. I know. Yeah. So, like, what kind of psycho sitting across the chair? Is he? Does he? Does he? Um, is he still around then? Um, he is still around. Do you know it? Are you on? Like, uh, do you speak to him? No, shit, no, 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 no. Because yeah. he's like, he'd be a fossil now. <laughs> he's like yeah, old, literally. but um, I know a guy who still like works in the same company. I was like, bro, can you just flick me a message when he passes? <laughs> Is he still being a bit of a balance? Uh, I'm not sure, bro. I'm completely disconnected from that industry. I was gonna say because I mean, you could even pay him a visit and be like, not not like for people who was <laughs> like, no, that sounded no, but I mean, like you know, you could. What's his name? Uh, Brian. You could even go, look, you, you know, you call him one day and say, hey, Brian, Brian hey, Brian, do you remember me? And he might be like, yes. And I'm just like, look, I, I want to have a conversation with you. Like, I just want, you know, all those years, like to this day, you know, when you, I just need to let you know, I hope you've changed your ways because like you really impacted me when I was young and this and this is how mm. you made me feel about And like that, that conversation would cripple him more than punching him in the face yeah. ever would. Because that would make him really feel, if he's got any, if he's not a psychopath, if he's got yeah. any empathy in his body, that would really make him think about how he treats other people around him. Yeah. And that might be the conversation that he really changes who he is. I've honestly thought about like, even because he lives in New South Wales, uh, Wagga Wagga, but it's like, yeah, it. I've yeah. even thought about giving him a phone call and thanking him, man, because- Well, you could do that as well. This is where the thing comes, man. Like, that pain at the time, it's kind of like, we won't go into the old yeah. uh, Chinese proverb. Have you heard that story about the farmer where he's like, maybe so, maybe not? Have you heard that one? Um, I don't think I've heard this one. Oh, do you want me to tell it? Yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, quick story. So, because um, I like if, these. Let me see if I get this right. But it's like, it's like a farmer that. has one horse, right? And he's got a neighbor and the neighbor comes over and he says, oh, oh, you've only got one horse, that's no good. And he says, maybe so, maybe not. That horse runs away. Yes, yep heard this one yep. horse runs away and it brings back um, a heap of brumbies with it and then he comes over the next day and he says oh you're so lucky um, you've got all these horses and he says maybe so maybe not mm. and he goes away and the, and the neighbor comes back the next day and his son's gone out to try and break him in and he breaks his leg and the, the neighbor comes over and he says oh you're so unlucky your son has just broken his leg and he says maybe so maybe not and then the very next day the Chinese militia call war and they come in to pick up all the uh, kids in the area from like 16 onwards, mm. but they can't pick up the farmer's son who's broken his legs. And then the farmer comes over, uh, the neighbor's farmer comes over and he's like, oh, you're so lucky your son's breaking his legs, doesn't have to go to war, they've just taken my son. And then he says, maybe so, maybe not. 
I'm not sure where we got to that, but it's all about perspective and no, like, it is. how like it. that's it's such good. a good like it is though, it is such a good one. Because yeah. you don't know the the bigger picture versus the smaller yeah. picture and you don't know the changing evolution of the picture. Hundred percent. So that's where it goes back to with Brian. I'm like at the time it was the fucking hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I thought it was hell. I wanted to like do really bad things to this guy. And in the end I'm like, fuck, it was that struggle. Things you. even though it was unfortunate, it's like no one should have to go through that, but I took the good from it in the long run yeah. and I was like very grateful. And I treat everyone, I want to be the guy that walks into the room now where everyone's like, oh, Matt's here, he's going to be nice, but he's not to be walked over and fucked with. That's the hard Say, thing. You've got to try here, and find that balance. No, well, because I'll unbook at that point. We'll stop there. I want to interject. So something I learned from uh, Kezia Noble, who's like a, it's a top female dating coach expert. She's been on the podcast as well. as, And she really disseminates as well. She's like, it's three types of guys, right? If we archetype them. And people always talk about like the nice guy and the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And people think there's only two. And girls are like, I want a bad guy. But they really want a nice guy. But the nice guy's too nice. She's like, no, there's a third one. It's called the good guy. And the good guy is not going to get himself in jail like the bad guy or do actually bad things. Yeah. He's actually respectful, right? But unlike the nice guy, he'll stand up for what's right. And when time, it's time to speak up and move and shake, he will. Yeah. And that's the difference. She goes, where most people think there's two. It's like, you don't have to be an asshole, but at the same time, you can't be a pushover. You've just got to know, like, you treat people with respect. You're, you, you know, you are pleasant, you are humble. Um, you know, you you are present with people, but you will not be fucked with at the yeah. same time. And, and people need to, and that's when you go, let's step out, let's and have a little conversation. That, and that's it, bro. And, that's, and people are like, that's scary, man, because people are like, it's like a squirrel when it looks like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious, because like the squirrel will be like, I don't know if you've ever seen a squirrel like collecting nuts. It sounds weird <laughs> in England, but like, you know, you oh, see them, man, they collect nuts, and you like, you get a bit close to them, and then and they just go, <laughs> and they look at you and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you stop. And then all of a sudden they just give you that look and they just stop. And you're like, this thing was moving around. Now it's just, and it's just like, come close. And it's like, like, like you just get that, like, yeah. don't play, like, and just watch yourself. Yeah. And you're like, it's a squirrel. <laughs> but you don't want it because it gives you the look. It's like, and that's the thing. It's like, you have that conversation with someone really calmly, really, you know, you look yeah, in their eyes, yeah, you give yeah. them and people are like, this Holy motherfucker going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've not said anything, but it's like you're very um, stern, but you're very sincere. Yeah. But it's professional. It's professional. And you're not trying to, you know, and I don't believe in trying to, um, not that I'm a big guy or anything, but, you know, when you um, have a good physique, that carries with it a presence. That presence carries yeah, yeah. with it. And I think a lot of guys like your your height, you know, especially the guys who are on the gear and the tattoos, they use that as like, they like to intimidate people. But yeah. for me, that's a lack of... Confidence. Love. And yeah. yeah, there's something, there's a need that's not been met there. Because mm -hmm. no one walks around that cartoonish uh, yeah, yeah. with that expression on their face if, you know, your needs are met, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, you have to address something in there. I love artwork and all of that, but there is a point where, you know, with people are characters and you're like, Oof, yeah, this, yeah. you're hiding something there. Um, but yeah, I think that is key, man, definitely. I with, think, and, you know, way. when you are that Admirable. nice guy who can't be walked over, people that are unaware of being able to read um, personality, you know, people can't pro personality profile, they can't identify people's personality, can be taken out of context a bit because it's like, oh, Alex is always the guy that's mucking around having a laugh, or me, like I'm always the guy at the gym clown, so to speak, or yeah, yeah. like always having a laugh, but then you'll get some people that will try to take it over you, but you quickly whip them into line and be like, 
hey mate, let's go and have a chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, literally. And they're like, oh, where'd that come from? Uh, like, oh, this guy's not to be fucked with. And I've met like, I've met two or three people in my lifetime that have been extremely good at it. One of my uh, really good mates who's yes. an Ambo over in Canada. He's like, the guy who can have the jokes, be with the boys and stuff like that. And he's like critical care paramedic. And he is like the most switched on guy. Mm. And he's just like, not to be fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and he's not big or anything. He's like short guy, skinny guy, yeah, but he's yeah. like, holds himself so well, man. Isn't it, isn't it funny like when you meet those people in your life that always stick with you where, and again, they don't necessarily have the physical characteristic or traits that you'd think to be someone who's quite um, influential. Mm or um, carries with them again, like a, an energy, but because of their internal strength yeah. and they're so, I used to, I used to call it like, I, I, again, I'm thinking of conversations and, and critical people I've met and I'm like, man, this person, if anything is physically not what you would describe as strong and powerful, but they've been so, and this is the key phrase, anchored in their own reality mm. and their beliefs, not to the point where they're tunnel vision, but they're like, no, this is what I stand for and I'm right in a way that is, um, humble, they will listen, but they're like, this is the world I live in. Yeah. And that is powerful, man. And it's, that's powerful in attraction as well. 100%. Because it's, you're not, you know, I use the, the analogy of the squirrel, but I use another one, is the, is the, the oak tree and the squirrel, was like women are squirrels, men are oak trees, in terms of we are anchors, we stand there, we'll take the hit, we'll take the brunt, the squirrel runs around and fucking comes back to the tree. When the man becomes a squirrel is when it goes wrong. Yeah. Or when men are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's like, no, 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 you have to kind of be anchored. Like, you know, they fuck around and, you know, next minute they tell you they fucking hate you and then they tell you they love you, but we're like, you know, you tell a man I fucking hate you, he probably means it. Yeah. You know, like, that's like, all right, we're done. But when a woman says it, and not always, like but usually, you. yeah, yeah, but usually, and that's not disrespecting women, but, you know, they, you know, they turn around and they go, you know, they, I love you, you know. We, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, sort yeah. of go, yeah, you know, yeah, ooh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, like, if a man says that, it's a, it's a whole, like, whoa, that's yeah. a different fucking ball game. Because, again, logical, emotional, so, Fuck yeah. but anyway. 100%. Going off on tangents. But this is good. This, this is, is good. kind of, this is kind of what we're, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But, mate, you made some really good points, because... We don't often talk about like, I guess these are maybe what we could call like gray areas. And this is like the truth behind what makes people. And that's why I'm interested in having these conversations and getting them out there to people because people can relate uh, and they can yeah. actually go, oh, fuck, this person's real. And they have been like, because there's people out there listening, thinking they look at people who are doing quote unquote well, or they're doing something that they want to do. And they mm. don't realize like, fuck, this person's been through the same as me, or I'm going through that. It's like, yeah, yeah man, we're all human. 100%. Like we all eat, sleep and shit, as my dad always says, and bleed. Yeah. And like, we all have the struggles. 100%, man. yeah, but, definitely. Um, 100%, yeah, I couldn't agree more. From, um, from there, I suppose, once I learned those lessons, that was just like where the fitness journey began for mm. me. Mm. And uh, I think I trained for like four, Probably four years, no, maybe three years before I became PT, and then became PT in uh, 2000, like early 2014, and then yeah, moved up to Townsville, and then started a Genesis Health Club there, and I was very, very fortunate after that. I did some like bar work and stuff in between while I was mm. finishing off my certs mm. and competing. Like mm. I was doing bar work and competing at the same time. That was hard. Short patience with drunk people when you're deep in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I take my heart off to you, bro. That's hard. Um, and oh, starting so a business. Stand there and give me a burger. God damn it. God damn it. Why yeah. Matt eat the burger in cup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, you're trying to get him out the club, but you're more focused on the fucking burger like, he's got in his hand and the kebab. Like a, a bar bistro, <laughs> man. And like, sometimes you're walking past where they order and they're like, oh, let's have a burger and chips. You'd be like, yeah, I fucking bet you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're literally there like, my fucking 
Yeah, you, you get the guys like, you want a chip, mate? No, no, no. Why? Oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, no, no, no. I'm competing. Commit. It's just one chip. Oh, if I had oh, yeah. a dollar for every oh, time. Great, it's yeah. not the point. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just have one. You can't just have one, mate. It's like crack. It's like, yeah. <laughs> when you're on fucking... Exactly. Like, I say you're like a vampire. Give and me a line of you, chip, mate. Yeah, literally. Or you'll savour that shit when you... All your emotions are just heightened. You can smell a chip. That's dropped right. on the floor like halfway across the bar. You're like, I used to, mate, this is, this is. You like, even consider eating it. Yeah. We could go off on a tangent of talking about mm, unhealthy eating habits and like that. shit like that. Let's not go there. No, that's another, but, that's another episode. That's another episode. Let's not go there. Mm. But I know competing like did that for me because I was so extreme, man. Like mm. I'm pretty, if I do something, I'm not going to eat a gram out, you know? Yeah. And that was when, when I was competing. That's why when people come to me as a PT and they're like, oh, I want to compete. I'm like, hang on. Are you sure you want to compete? Because this is for people who are the elite. You know, this is for people who are dedicated and already have healthy habits in place, etc., yeah. etc. Anyway, this that's, work that's a whole to be done before we yeah, get yeah, to that point. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I was in the situation where I was getting offered wedges and chips and stuff and all the staff and be like, oh yeah, there's chips there, go and eat those if you want at the end. And like when, when we're working and stuff, because yeah. you know, anyone who works hospitality knows they're long hours. Like and sometimes food, 12, 13 oh, hour days. food is always there. On your feet, and, yeah. Oh. And like, fuck man, like that pub had like the best palmies and chips and stuff. So if someone wouldn't eat their meal, they ordered it and pissed off. Like it'd be like, yeah, guys behind the bar, have whatever you want. I'll be there eating kangaroo, peanut butter, broccoli and beetroot. I remember that was my meal that I was eating That is the a time. fucking hell of a combo. Right, actually the peanut butter tasted so good at the time. Oh mate, I remember, well we always do the, I think because again it came from the hold your own kind of thing. It was like, you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'll just put all that together because it'll just be better. And it was like steak, I shit you not, steak, potato, banana and peanut butter. And I know people are like, that's yeah, fucked up, but I'm so telling good. you now. Things and even salt on it as well. Oh yeah. And honey. I can oh, shit you not, and it tasted good. I actually did it the other day. It still tastes alright. Like, I had a not go. Not as good as what it did. Not as good. I was a bit disappointed, but like it kind of works, man. Yeah. The whole yeah. Yeah. Anyway, point I was getting at was I would get offered all that food, and then I would go home, and I wouldn't finish until like two a.m. in the morning. Mm. I would go home That's and smell hard. biscuits in the cupboard. Bro. Oh, <laughs> I'd literally no. like just as a bit of a bit of a hit, man. I'd just like go in and put the biscuit tub in. Oh fuck, they smell good. <laughs> <laughs> Next uh, minute. Let's go to bed. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never give in though, man. Yeah, that's and it. That brings the point. It's like when people say, oh, you know, like they're cheating on your diet. Like if you're out there and you've got like, you know, calories and macros to stick to or whatever, and you're eating off that, you know, you're only lying against yourself. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not being strong in front of people. It's being behind closed doors. 100%. I always say to people, I'm like, it's not now you need the skill when you're in front of me. It's like, it's the other 23 hours of the day when I'm not with you. And I said, you're 100%. at home. I said, and guess what? There's going to be ice cream. There's going to be, there's going to be at some point. Yeah. And no one's going to be there to stop you. It's like when a client. yourself. When a, <laughs> when a client signs up with me and they're doing like one hour a week, just say. Yeah. It's like, there's 168 hours in a week. You're with me for one of them. That leaves 167 by yourself. We're going to have to work out a plan to do when you're up with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's you're true, have but when you way. put it like that, it's oh. it kind of people kind of see it very clearly for what it is. And, and like you said, comp prep's definitely not for everyone. I think I, I'm like you as much as I love it. I talk a lot of people out of it um, because I know it's not for them. And then I said, look, yeah. if you do want to do it, first of all, like you said, healthy habits and behaviors, because otherwise oh, bro, be I'm just stone. another person creating another de de eating disorder for someone. And yeah. I'll not be a part of that because I'm trying to prevent that. Yeah. You know, and most people think that they want to be shredded, but they don't. They want to be beaching, bro. Be. People don't know what shredded is. Yeah, like, exactly. until they know. Like, if you yeah. know, again, you know, and it's not fucking nice. No. I like it. I think it looks fucking cool, but it's not a nice place to live. Yeah. No, um, it and it's, hey, you don't look like, 
your ass is like a walnut, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't, people won't recognize it. When people truly, I remember the first time I seen a truly shredded physique and it was her, it was World Gym, um, Ashmore, when I first met Nathan Hampson and a, Zach, he was, Nathan was training Zachy, but he wasn't up here yet. Uh, and they all walked in comp prepped and I, and I remember them doing posing and I was like, that is, I've never seen that in my mm. life. I was just inspired. And then that's when I was like, oh yeah, I need to, learn from these blokes. Yeah, yeah. It is a cool thing, but you know, it's it's for a, a specific yeah. type person. Yeah. I always say it's like, here's what we're generally doing. This we'll put over here. This is like the yeah. you know, we, we might do that, but that's a I did that man. I, I lived for it for like five years. Yeah. All I wanted to do was compete. I'm coming to Australia. I remember just thinking every day, training my ass off, doing stupid things, man, training at midnight on New Year's Eve, all that type of shit, As you do. bro. Yeah. As you do. It's like I'm doing what other people aren't doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, to the point where you're like, now I'm just losing out. Yeah. yeah. And what I learned from that for me in, in the end was like, no, nah, I wanna I wanna um, help people live healthy, sustainable lifestyles. Mm, mm. I want to be able to have a beer. I want to be able to go for dinner with my friends on the weekend, not worry about tracking it, but then still look good. You know what I mean? I, well, that's it. That, I always say that's true success. You know, the true success is having the physique, but still at the same time, you know, and yes, I will acknowledge that you have to sacrifice the 20%. But the thing is, you could argue that a not completely shredded physique actually looks better than a completely yeah, shredded physique, point, in my yeah, opinion. To the average person. And, like even, you put and you're fuller. So you could argue, I believe there's a point just before you get like really dick skin lean, you look better. Yeah. Like, especially when you refeed like the cows because you're 100%, like, Oof, you know. And to the, to the uh, average person, I mean, unless you've got like a comp prep eye, you're like fuck yeah, that looks that looks healthy. It looks good, but exactly. like you know, as we as um, you know, bodybuilding admirers, you're like, mm -hmm. I want to, look, oh, I want someone to call me disgusting. That's what fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's what as a compliment when yeah. someone's like, you when look you disgusting. Just got you're feathering like, in your ass. Yeah, someone's like, oh ew, that's disgusting. When a chick says that on Instagram, you're like, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and you get hit on by more guys than girls. Yeah, Literally more guys in my physique than girls. I literally remember doing. I was. I was, like, yeah, I was doing much. topless waiting at the time, oh, yeah. and I was in, um, where was it now? It was fucking Melbourne's, and uh, I had a gig on, and I was pretty close, and literally, I got that many business inquiries that night, and they were all guys, and the yeah. girls were like, too much. The guys, the girls did not like it. They were like, it's kind of cool, but it's a bit too much for me, and all the yeah. guys were like, what do you do? Teach me. And I'm just like, it's so backwards. Like, you don't want to do that. But yeah, like, yeah. going back to what we were saying is, like, it, it, the, the success comes in having the balance. You know, it's, it will be talking about before we switch to camera again. It's like eating, a, you know, a good amount of food, not suppressing yourself, having a high sex drive, having great relationships, being able to go out, have a drink if you want to have a drink, like, and still yeah. train. Like, Finding that sweet spot, and I think you've got to go the through some. You got to you know go through some fiery hoops to get there. You do. You, you got have to go, go through some way. discipline. You got to go through some building some habits. You got to yeah. do all these things to be able to appreciate it. As we're speaking about at the start of the yeah. podcast, yeah. to be able to appreciate it and live that as well. Correct. I was talking to one of my clients this morning. He's a very successful guy. He owns over ten pharmacies, right? Yeah. And he was telling me he doesn't set an alarm in the morning. And I was like, how many times? Uh, how how many years did you set an alarm for in the morning? And he's like, he just laughed at me. Look, he's like, oh, many years. Like, he's like in his 40s now. Yeah. But like, he's at a point now where he's gone through that. He's built the disciplines. He's built the habits. He's built the businesses and all that sort of stuff. And now he doesn't set an alarm anymore. He wakes up when he naturally awakes. Same as the um, physique, you know, like, or, you know, living that healthy lifestyle. You've got to put those habits in place. You've got to put those disciplines. You've got to go through a bit of, yeah. you know, hard endured work. And then you can appreciate it and live that balanced, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Where you know what to eat, when to eat. 
And the best way to do that is if you're starting out or you're unsure on your journey is reach out to someone who's doing it. Correct. <laughs> Success leaves clues. Well, it does. You know, that's what I say. Like, if you want to get good at something, pay, hire, or learn from someone who's already that good and get the 20% of knowledge that does 80% yeah. of the job. I mean, you're always going to learn from your own mistakes, but you know, if they can sort of make you aware of them and be like, hey, this is this, and then even if you do make those mistakes, you're like, ah, that's what Alex was talking about. Ah, that's what Matt was talking mm -hmm. about. Rather than just having to you know, go through years and years and then you're like a year and a half down track, you're like, oh, fuck, wish I'd have known that a year and a half ago. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know but I mean? it's true though. It's like, if you take it seriously enough, it's better to invest that time, money, yeah. resources, whatever it is, if you're really serious. Because yes, you're gonna make mistakes, but like you said, you fuck, there's a lot that you don't need to make, mm. especially in the early days um, with a lot of these things. Oh, but, so much, but what you were saying before about like, you have to go through that, you do. You have to go through a process. You have to go through certain highs and lows to get to that. You know, and like you were saying with, with your client. Just a quick one, guys, before we carry on with the podcast, for any of you who are interested in taking your health and physique to the next level and you want to remove the guesswork, you're not quite getting the progress that you want, you're not seeing what you want to see in the mirror and you're not feeling like you're really moving in the right direction, then click the link in the bio below, the apply button, where you can contact me we can organize a free consultation, no obligation, and discover whether it's a good fit as coach and client. All right, back to it. Your client, you know, we talk about like the conversations we have. It's this, people want to look, it's like in the early days, you never, you never look, you know, the way you want to look or that, that, you know, you don't hold the body fat as well, maybe to a degree, or you're the opposite where you're really lean, but you're not as big as you want to look. It takes a certain amount of time before you can set that up to the point where relative to your body composition or your, you know, height and weight that you can maintain like a physique that looks a lot leaner than it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's healthy because you've got an appreciable amount of muscle mass. 100%. But that take, like you said, those habits and maybe it takes Especially time. Especially if you're natty, man, that's going to take years. I yep. Man, I've been training for over 10 years now. Yeah, we've been <laughs> Takes busting a long our time. balls, yeah. But, literally. you know, that all comes down to falling in love and enjoying the process as well. Correct. Like I said before, we're not just training to, you know, when, when the tradie goes, oh, you won't need to train tonight, mate. It's like, well, I'm not just training for my physique, man. It's like, and you've got to have a bigger purpose than a physical appearance because it's got to be, you know, somewhere where you go to switch off mentally. It's got mm. to be a part of your day where it's like therapy where you can go and escape the world for that hour, hour and a half. That's, that's the thing that keeps you going when you're in those shit jobs. That's what always kept me going. Yeah. No matter what, and for all the tough times without going into them, it was, oh, you know what? At least one consistent in my day is I'm going to, you know, eat good food and I'm going to train. Yeah. And it kept me going. And it, like, through all the bad times, it was like my anchor. Yeah. And it's like the weight's great therapy because it doesn't talk back. You know, and you can just get in there and sometimes it's one of those sessions where you put your earplugs in and just go for it or it's another session where maybe you need to speak to some people around you for some inspiration and some perspective. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that is completely highlighted with everything that's going on in the world right now. When gyms are shut down, look at the mental health, look at how much it suffers. It's oh, not just man. physical health, it's more mental health, man. People come to 100%. the gym half the time to have a fucking chat, yeah. you know? But it's like, man, you know, more power to you because better than being at the pub or doing something else. Like, yeah. fuck, if you get in here and you're having a go, having a go 110 percent man that's mm. a big thing like we could talk about for a long time mental health as well like i'm a big advocate for mental health in my last uh, eight week challenges i've done uh, my last three eight week challenges i've done uh like five dollars from every sign up goes to beyond blue foundation awesome man to be able to help and support mental health awareness like um yeah that is a huge thing and especially right now so i can't encourage anyone like more now is the most important time to reach out to your mates or just reach out to people, like say day to more people on the gym floor if there's trainers out there listening, like 
just you don't know like that one hey mate how you going how's your training been you don't know how much of an impact that's going to have man yeah. on someone's mental health yeah it could mean the world to them yeah like someone and it, this sounds fucking dark but i'm going to say it it's like you don't know if someone's been thinking about that they're going to hang themselves before they come to the gym and why do I say that? Because I've spoken to a guy. It does happen though. It happens, man. I've had clients like, who've admitted it to me. They're like, same. oh, before I met you, I was going to kill myself. I'm like, yeah. well, what? I'm like, that's pretty heavy, man. 100%, bro. Pretty heavy. told me once, he said I was going to hang myself twice. And the thing that I did was I took the rope off and I went to the gym straight away. And that was the thing that saved me. Yeah. So you don't know when that person's in on the gym floor where, where they've come from. No. You know? And you'll get a, hey, go on, mate, and mm. a smile is, you know, maybe that one thing that just you know, makes that person stay. Another good maxim, not to recite quotes, but everyone's facing an internal battle you know nothing about. 100%. Yeah. And it's true. Like I quite often think about like, when you stand back in the gym, because gym's one of those people where it has so many walks of life turn up to every single day. It's like, I wonder if you could just like stand on the outside and just like see people's thoughts and their situations. Oh, it's if wild, you had like 150 people of like their top thoughts in their head or their top problem or whatever, just like walking around the gym floor, you're like, holy shit. It would give you some real perspective instead of just seeing a heap of human bodies around you. Like, because well, you, you would, you know, you know, the, the, we say like, don't judge a book by its cover, which is true. But we ha I always say, but you will have um, an opinion mm. because when you look at someone, you, your mind just formulates a thought. It's the way, like you just that's go, human nature, man. yeah, and it might be down to, I like that T-shirt that person's got on. Yeah. That's the that's the club I support. Or to it could be, to oh, that girl's hot. You know, it can be yeah. anything. But like you said, if imagine if you had the think bubble above the head with their main thought, you would have then the rating, your thought process or your perception so could different. be completely different. Yeah, because that person might be like. Oh, man, that person mistreated me today, but when you're like, oh, fuck, man, and you could like, yeah, that would be a cool, yeah. maybe that's a superpower. Maybe that's it, man. Because like, and we, we all do it, there's no way around it. No. Like, if no. you see someone with face tats, what are you going to think? Fuck, no, this guy's a bad guy. Yeah, or <laughs> like, you, just, automatically, yeah, you just have a, the opinion. Perception, no? yeah. The someone way you with mind. tats even, you're just like, oh, bad boy. Mm, literally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But not necessarily the case. Mm. I think it's time for another funny question. It is. I was going to say, because before we do the rapid fire, we're going to do something a bit different, aren't we? We are. We're gonna, we're gonna we get some fun questions going end here, by doing these. Uh... How inappropriate can we get? Oh, it's R18. R18. All right. So we are, you can say and do whatever you want, guys. Just yeah. to preface this, this is fun. But at the end of the day, if you listen to this podcast, you already know, and if it offends you, this is not the place for you, politely. So, anyway, yeah. let's have some fun. This, um, it's not meant to offend anyone. No, it's not. This it's, is just a bit of fun, guys. It's just just a to bit preface of fun. that, <clears throat> it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> it's like uh, they actually, are they are raw they, they are, are raw. real just to preface but again this is just a bit of that's humor all it is for your day a bit of yeah. perspective for you technical testicle technical difficulties testicle difficulties but we're back like we said with these questions but for you who are listening we've literally it's been no time so anyway let's get into it boom how quick was that um yeah so <clears throat> questions questions now we were saying how it's next <laughs> 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 What'd you get up to on the weekend, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's literally like five minutes. It's so. five minutes, yeah. Right. Big weekend. No, yeah. um, all right, yeah. so at least you the same inappropriate questions. All right, so the same, at least you bought the same um, t-shirt, etc. No, yeah, good, same t-shirt. Still got the same sweat patches. Um, we're talking about how inappropriate the questions want to be. Do not take these questions seriously. 
All right. Yep. Um, this is actually a card game. If anyone's interested, this is a great card game if you are uh, in a group setting. I originally I like to listen to Seth Ferrosi, the hardworking motherfucking uh, hardworking motherfucker podcast HWMF. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Answer the Internet. Questions as fucked up as you are. So if you Google that, answer the internet. Questions as questions as fucked up as you are, you will find this game. And there is so many great conversational questions in there. So, and they are. I would look at a few. And they are, and they're quite inappropriate. But let's go. First one. Without further ado. Would you rather fuck your mum in your girlfriend's body or your girlfriend in your mother's body? We can break this down. Doesn't have to be. I was gonna say we strategize this. Strategize this. So you're the fucking your mum in your girlfriend's body or your girlfriend in your mother's body. Either yeah. way, you're fucking your mum. <laughs> Either way, you lose is basically this ask. You question. can take a selfish. Uh, the selfish route is the second option. Isn't Which it? is? Because you're in your mum's body doing your girlfriend. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> is that right? Have I got that wrong? Yeah, so there's one way you're, if you're the only one that wants to know about it, you've got to fuck your mum in your, no, you've got to fuck your girlfriend in your mum's body. Yeah, that's what I meant. Because essentially your mum doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. So next time you see your mum when you catch up for lunch or whatever, you're going to be like, hey mum, she's not going to know. She's going to be like, ooh. Yeah, but yeah. you're gonna be like, ooh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're gonna know, but she's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mum, if you're listening, I don't know what to say. <laughs> anyway, which one are you taking? I think I would take. I think the second option. Option, yeah, 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 is the better one out of the the two. Because at least only options. you know. You just got to live with yourself. Well, that's what I mean. That's the hard thing, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. Second question. That's set the bar, hasn't it? That is set the bar. Not really? all of that inappropriate, but that's funny. I would encourage you to ask that to some mates. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Bob, got a question for you. <laughs> Just lost my job. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Uh, and now you can go do what you really meant to do. <laughs> Would you rather randomly stub your toe, get a brain freeze, or bite your cheek three times a day? So stub your toe. Would you rather stub your toe? Yeah. Get a brain freeze. Yeah. Or bite your cheek three times a day. I think easy. Get stub your toe. Fuck, bro. Have I got a story about stubbing a toe? <laughs> and this involves watching Josh Hampson up on stage. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, bro. So, I wish I had the, my phone here to show <laughs> the photos, bro. Oh, well, you've got it, though. I've you got it. Show yeah. me. Yeah, I'll okay, have to show you later. Good, but I was watching Josh Hampson um, win his division up in t uh, Townsville, ICN Tropics. I can't remember what year it was. But anyway. He was killing, and I was just in thongs, and we were sitting up onto the, up in the stage of like um, the convention center in Townsville, and it's basically like pitch black up there, and it was freezing, you know, like in a lot of those shows where they got the aircons going and stuff, so you're not sweating your gut, guts out on stage. And I was like running upstairs, couldn't see where I was going, and I'd like, with my leading foot, I hit my fucking toe on the stair, right, Ooh. and it automatically broke the knuckle in my big toe. <laughs> and I don't know if like when you feel that pain like you start to feel like you're gonna pass out like for me like I lose my hearing <laughs> my hearing just like goes I start to feel like nauseous and shit you must have really good you did a good job and mate. like it sounds like a stub toe bro but it it was a stub toe but it that's broke like stub toe like on oh, max. In, in, yes that's, that's not, like that's stub, stub toe like full strength 
fuck, that's full strength sub tokens, all my weight, 100 kilos banging into the side of a step, fucking nail goes black instantly, right? It's just like broken, can't move it. Um, it's oh, horrific, right? And yeah. then literally, bro, six months, and now, still to this day, that thing like clicks like a motherfucker. I can't even do lunges properly on it because- I get it looked at? Oh uh, yeah, I went to the doctors and they say like, they can't do anything about broken toes. Well, don't they just like make sure it's straight or put a splint in it? Or no, like I went to the, I think actually Zach, cause um, the boys were staying, Zach and Josh were staying up yeah. at my place in Townsville. Yeah. And um, yeah, we went to the ER. I don't know if Zach came, but I don't know if the boys came, but I think they were staying home. But went to ER and the guys are like, no, nah, there's nothing we can do. We can't even extra, there's no even point x-ray in it. Just like keep it as straight as possible. Didn't splint it, but I'm sure that I'm gonna get arthritis in this toe. But Man, there's nothing funnier than seeing someone stub their toe. It's just like fucking hilarious, don't you think? If you see someone stub their toe, like not like that, that's, oh, I would have laughed. Yeah. I wasn't laughing myself when I did I sort of dance around a lot, don't I? <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot those, of blasphemy. There's I, a lot of blasphemy. I love that. I just, that's a very funny thing, seeing someone stub their toe. <laughs> They're so hopping the hop after I imagine you're <laughs> gonna not go for that option and well, go for the brain freeze. I fucking hate brain freezes too. Brain freeze, like, like and the bite the that's cheek. like a, I'd say the brain, it's a toss, nah, bite the cheek is fucking horrible. I, re yeah. I hate that. I reckon it's a toss up between the stub toe and the brain freeze. I'm the brain, brain freeze. The brain freeze at least, it's agony, but it's over fairly quickly. Yeah, especially if you Come, put your tongue, the trick for a brain freeze, anyone listening, is put the tongue hard up against the roof of your mouth. Yeah. You heard that one? Yeah, and you. Yeah, and then it like slows Weird, down the brain freeze. But I'm gonna go brain freeze. Mm. Biting the cheek's no good because your your cheek gets swollen and you fucking keep biting it. And if you're biting that three times a day, you're gonna be biting it more because it's gonna be swollen. Oh mate, we've all done it. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing worse. Or when you bite your lip when you're really hungry, and you're like. Oh yes. Oh, no, it's going through me just yes, thinking about yeah, it. No. Nah. Next one. All right. What's the next one? Okay. Who who's the who's the best fat athlete of all time? It'd have to be a female wrestler, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, how fat are we talking? Well, about I mean, it? apparently okay, they go. have got the highest lean mass. All right, no, of, let's forget of, about it. No, no, let's go. Let's get specific and let's okay. say mostly what the viewers would know in terms of like the best fat athlete where most people would they recognise as a oh, fat athlete. It'd have to be fucking old mate on the squat. What's his name now? The big coloured fella. Huh? Um, big Ray Williams. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's pretty overweight, isn't he? <laughs> oh, mate, I thought Ray was in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to go like, what, big, um, fucking big, uh, you'd be going like Eddie Hall or something like that. I was thinking maybe Eddie Hall. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen, but you well, did, you see the, did you see that, I showed my dad the picture of the mountain last night. Yeah. Dude, dude. I was like, pieces, oh man. my God. I'm like, he's like a quarter of the size. He's only eating like 3,200 calories a day or some shit. What? Ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, the amount of gear those guys are putting themselves. Jesus. Yeah, man. But yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It'd probably be like Eddie Hall. Because I'm thinking now more are coming to me. I'm thinking. You can think like about like boxes and everything though. Because there's some pretty fucking good overweight boxes. That's true. That's true. That is true, actually. Top yeah. of my head. That's, that's, that's what comes to mind for me initially. If I'm to shoot a gun off the hip, I'm thinking Eddie Hall. Yeah. Even though he's obviously got himself in shape, unfortunately, touring his bicep, but for the boxing, he's obviously dropped a lot of weight. Yeah, but in his yeah. prime, like, yeah, pretty good overweight huge athlete. Brother. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you could have four teeth in your entire mouth, where would you place them? Like extra? No, nah, just, just four. 
You've got oh, four. Right, you're going to have two rabbit teeth in the front and two at the bottom. I'd have. Or are you going to have molars? I'd have. No, you know which ones I'd choose? My fangs. Both of them. <laughs> Both and bottom. Would you? Fuck yeah. Oh, vampire. Yeah, exactly. Literally. What, what about when you've got a... Like... Can you imagine? About... Well, at least it would... Lo oh, the book too. You wouldn't want it... You wouldn't want a molar to be able to crunch down the hard stuff? <laughs> What's one, one or two molars going to do? At that point... Yeah, might, a couple of molars down top and bottom on your right side might be handy, mate. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe two top fangs and then two molars at the back. <laughs> one to tear the meat and one to... But the thing is, they'd be clamping against you, so you'd almost need to top and bottom it because they'd be clamping against nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go fangs for the aesthetic because it's hypothetical, so I'm going to go fangs. <laughs> Well, you're going for the you're you're thinking aesthetics too. I know you are. Exactly. You're hoping fangs come in trend. I'm getting some. All right, another one. Should you lock? What about you? Hang on. <laughs> oh yeah, what about me? Oh, I'm gonna get hang on. on. <laughs> no, this is a two-way street, mate. Whose podcast is this? Mate? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for coming today, mate. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I would go. I would go. I'm gonna try the molar because I want some fucking. I want some. I want to chew my steak, mate. I think you're going to struggle to chew steak with two fangs. So, I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> Just to thinking about it. <laughs> the vampire muppet. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to use a couple of molars to my advantage. Oh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go a molar on my top and the bottom on the right side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go. <laughs> just because I want to be funny, two I'm going to go. Teeth. I got to go one top front on the on the one tooth on the bottom at the front and one tooth at the top on the front. So you're gonna look like Tommy out of the Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a couple of extra molars. <laughs> With a couple of hidden. Look at these bad boys, <laughs> hey? Just for the real stuff. This is for fun. This is, what is it? Party in the front, business at the back. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you're at a restaurant and the waiter would be like, oh, I'm assuming you're not having a steak. You'd be like, no, judge a book by its cover, mate. Check out these bad boys. <laughs> Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Check out these moles, mate. Uh. Here's a question. Uh, should you lock the door? Uh, should you should you lock a door? Uh, lock, lock, fuck. All right, let's start again. I mean, this is the one with the dog in it, isn't it? Yeah, the dog in it. Should you lock a dog out of the room when you're having sex? Would you have sex in front of your dog? See, that's... Oh, man, because some dogs get involved. What? Some dogs get involved? Yeah. Like, what sort of sex are you mean? <laughs> you know, you're like, ooh. Ooh, that's not... That's, Oh, that's... Oh, hang on. <laughs> Rex. How are you looking at my asshole from back there? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, well, you know, it, it depends. Like, right, if hang the, on a minute. No, I think... How? No, because the way... In my right. experience with dogs, they usually just... They just, they just look, right. and then they get it, and they walk away, or they just lie at the bottom of the bed. All right, well, I'm going to ask the viewers what they're all thinking. Can you please share a story? <laughs> Doesn't have to name names, but have you oh, been? Oh, so no, I'm thinking of people I've spoken to who you've never had the dogs. With a dog no, but like I said, I could have said in my experience, I would say don't lock the door because in my experience, the dog either just watches or lies down, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't put me off. I think it's funny, or, or it lies down. You know what I mean? Have you ever but had but my friends have said that the dog has got no, some of the lick me asshole, but then the other dogs <laughs> oh, have actually fuck. tried to fucking the little dogs again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be a bleeder. You no fuck way. my mum, I'm gonna fuck you. Little Jack Russell and you're like, <laughs> hey, get off. So yeah, that's that's why I went with, uh, you know, it could go either way. <laughs> Depends on the dog's reaction. Oh man. Depends on the breed, man. <laughs> so interesting looking son that's... you got there. <laughs> oh shit. Hey, he's a hairy fucker, ain't he? <laughs> All right, we go one more. 
Yeah, let's go one more. And then right, we'll, let's, just, uh, let's just find a... We'll do some rapid fire. Yeah. Here we go. This is actually a good one. Uh, what about the, you with the dog thing, by the way? Look, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a big fan of dogs joining in, mate. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay if they're just going to sit and they're going to be well behaved, and that's fine by me. Yeah, if yeah. it's my own dog where... They I, kinda, I think they kind of know, man, some dogs. So that's why they just walk away, don't they? It's like, oh, he's at it again. They're like, oh, I've never seen a dog like that before. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah. favourite position. <laughs> hey, but a boom. Shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so this one's actually good for recent times with all the mayhem that's going on in the mm. world right now. Yeah. Would you rather see everything that has occurred in history of the world or everything that is going to happen in the future? We'll read that out one more time. Mm. Would you rather see everything that has occurred in, in the history of the world or everything that is going to happen in the future? Future, easy. Because the past, you can, you can, for the most part, if you want, you can research it. Um, there's obviously a lot of hidden stuff, but I'd be more interested in the future. What's going to happen? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it'd be more useful to know a, that information. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah. Um, but it's good though, because again, they're very provocative, these questions. Very yeah. thought-provoking. Yeah, very thought, because you think to yourself, oh shit, what if we knew that, you know? So. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's an interesting <clears throat> one. I guess as well, for people listening as well, if you really want to give us your opinion, just drop me a message and for the question and be like, for this question, this is why. If you've, especially if you've got an interesting curveball to throw. Yeah. Uh, we want to know, message me and Matt or tag us in like a message and, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts and opinions on it. Especially the girlfriend, the mum one, I want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Um, anyway, uh, so rapid fire. Yeah, let's get Questions I always ask, which yeah. are also fun. Um, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be and why? You can make it up. Oh, superpower. I'd like to be able to fly. It's the top, that is the most popular answer. Is it? Yeah, everyone wants to fly. Well, it is, it's like the knee-jerk reaction, and especially now, because you could go anywhere in the world without restriction. Mate, I, I say that, I was thinking this the other day. I was on my walk, Literally get getting a, a few pack. steps in, and I was just watching a bird, man, and I was like, fuck, imagine being able to do that. Imagine just being able to float and glide and just go wherever the fuck you wanted. Maybe so, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. And he's crashed. Oh, you're so lucky you can fly. Maybe so, maybe not. Exactly. Uh, I do like the idea of that. Um, mm, it is. It's a wonderful um, skill. Yeah, I think fly. I mean, mm. it's the most common. I generally like to go Instagram, but I'll say fly. Yep. Yeah, done. Like it. Favourite food or favourite last meal. Can be many as courses as you want. Knee-jerk reaction, appetizer, dinner, dessert, drink. Go. Ooh. It's Man, a I'm, hard one. I'm a slut for a pizza or a burger, like a good pizza or a burger, mm. I think, is my, my last meal. But you know what's my best, like over pizza and a burger? Go on. Fried chicken, man. Oh, yeah. Like I love me some fried chicken. <laughs> some southern fried chicken. Yeah, man, southern fried chicken, yeah. when done well in a thigh fillet. Oh, my God. Have you tried uh, Easy Street chicken, fried chicken and waffles? Good? Fuck, it's good. Bro, I think that Easy would Street. be... I think a it's, fried it, chicken and waffles would be my go-to. like, I mean, because I've got a massive sweet tooth. Yeah. But I also like savoury. And then combining the two and that blend is like, man. And they do like, it's got maple butter with it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm a slut for maple it's, too, <sighs> Check it out. Yep. It's, it's the girl, honestly. Right. Easy street. Last meal, I'm going definitely. Bro, don't even give me entree or dessert. Just, Just give me everything in one, which is fried chicken, maple and waffles. Done. 
easy. Third one, you're having dinner, you're having your maple chicken waffles, right? Yeah. You can invite three other people, dead or alive, top of your head, who's coming around the table. Definitely David Goggins. <laughs> the Goggins! Goggins. Yeah. David Goggins. David Goggins. I think Jocko Willink. Oh, Jocko. Jocko, man. Jocko. Yeah. Goddamn, eat those waffles. Yeah. <laughs> I get up every day, fucking 4 a.m., and, uh, you know, life's good. <laughs> he's, he's a legend. Yeah, he's good. I think Jocko Willink, David Goggins, and throw a bit of business in there. I would have to throw say Tony Robbins. Those guys are fucking business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. More yeah, like they're like work. They're like work ethic. That's true. They are, That's man. where I those get those guys know how to work yeah. hard. I mean, as an idol, if I could throw a fourth in, I'd say Arnold Schwarzenegger. It'd be a toss-up between That's Arnie it. and David Goggins. The thing is, though, these questions now continue to marinate, and then you go. Oh, what about, what about, that. that's why I would say top of your head, because like you'll fucking think about yeah. it. I, I change mine all the time. Yeah, my, my definite 100% would be one would be David Goggins. Yeah. David Goggins, Jocko Willink, and yeah. Cool. Probably either Tony Robbins or Arnie. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be, yeah. be entertaining and a good meal too. Last question, a bit yeah. more serious, is I ask all my guests this um, can you identify, and we've talked about this in the podcast to some degree, a fear that you've had in your life. Could be current, could be past, what it is and what you've learned from overcoming it or if it is current, what you're learning from overcoming and facing this fear. Roger that. I do actually know. I do actually know and I have overcome it and I overcome it this year. Yes. So my biggest fear was heights. Ooh. Right? Yeah, now, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this yeah, one. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to resonate. Is it the heights or the falling now, as people always well, say? Well, mate, I will tell you what it is. So, um, <laughs> You did, you did you a fucking skydive, didn't you? I did, but nice. there's a bit more behind that. Because when I was 16, uh, living in Victoria before... Well, actually, from when I was uh, a baby until I was 16, I lived in Victoria and I used to live next to a drop zone. So, um, obviously, where skydivers take off and parachutes. So I was watching parachutes all the time, right? And around the age of, um, I would say probably in between the ages of 10 and 13, I actually witnessed two deaths of skydiving with my own eyes at that young age. So that is the kind of age where you're taking all your information in and where experiences and things happen in your life where you carry on for the rest of your life. So you, you saw two yeah, people on just... two separate occasions. So I'll tell How them, close were you? Uh, they were up in the sky and I was down below. So I'll tell you that there was two separate occasions. Mm. One... Uh, Pretty much everyone jumped out of the plane and one of the last people jumped out, got his chute deployed early and hooked on the back of the wing of the plane, on the, on the tail of the plane. Yeah. Uh, the plane spiralled down. Unfortunately, he crashed and uh, burned and died. The pilot jumped out with less than a thousand metres and broke both of his legs. And everyone else got out of the plane because they'd jumped before this guy. So that was one that I literally witnessed the plane spiraling down like you would see in a Hollywood movie. And I didn't see it burst into flames, but I heard it. It was that close. Yeah. So that was one time. And then another time was I was actually driving out the back roads because we lived in country Victoria. And a guy, both of his chutes didn't deploy and he was hung over a branch. So just picture someone uh, falling, coming over a tree branch in the forest. So it was right on the side of a back road. So we were, as a dirt road, we were just driving out there for an unrelated reason, just going for a, a scoot as we did back in the day. And there was a guy hung over a branch across his waist and his, his skin, I can re um, remember it, was paper thin. And he looked to be stretched six foot out on either side. So I had the biggest fear of skydiving that my is entire graphic. life. Huge. 
witnessed two deaths on two separate occasions. All right. Everyone says how safe skydiving is, blah, blah, blah. And yes, it is more safe than like driving a car or yeah. whatever. There's some cunt going for a skydrive tomorrow. God, fuck that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, but no, you do. for many, 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 no. many years, many years, I said, no, nah, that's one thing I will not do. I will never skydive. There's no reason for me to do it. Uh, why would I ever want to go and jump out of a plane when I've seen this, you know? Yeah. My feet are perfectly good on the ground. I used to be one of those sort of people. Yeah. And then I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm not letting them fear get in the way. <coughs> this is going to open up a whole new chapter for me and I'm going to yes. be overcome this. Character. And I'm not just going to overcome my fear. I'm going to, this is going to open new doors to everything else in my life, yeah. which is exactly what it did. So <clears throat> last year I booked a skydive in Ely Beach and shitting myself I went on an eight-week uh, journey for myself and I basically did things in the lead-up to this skydive so I was putting myself out inside my comfort zone to build up for the ultimate fear jump and I would do things like go to a restaurant and eat a meal by myself go and watch a movie by myself go and talk to five strangers a week things like that where I was just like doing things I was reading one book a week um, I was doing different things to be able to build up to this skydive and Fuck, I remember like listening to David Goggins <laughs> on the morning of the skydive. I'd gone, I was living in Townsville at the time yeah. and drove down to Airly Beach, <clears throat> ready for this skydive up at 5 a.m. Needed to be like 20 minutes out the road and drove out there. And I was like, if anything comes between me and the skydive, like the weather chops up bad or whatever, I'm going to use this as a sign for me not to jump. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. I get out there, the fucking wind. I've got, I've weighed myself. I've paid the extra money because I'm um, like over 100 kilos, etc., etc. Yeah. And we're waiting for the plane. The plane's there. Everyone's ready to jump, and they're like, "Guys, unfortunately, the jump's being called off today because it's too windy. It's too risky up there. We can't do it." And he went. And then I accept anyway. Well, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, no. Let's go. No. Too late now, cats. <laughs> and that's where the clown mask came from. Yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah. made the decision. I was like, "All right, that's the universe telling me not to do it. All right, I've booked it in and I've done it." And then I made this little excuse up in my head, and I kind of like settled that on for a few months. Yeah. No, it's all right. We're, we're still going. It just. And says, then I was. We're ten percent battery. Come on. Was it? Now we're still good. We're getting there. We're almost there. And then I was like, "Fuck this! I'm doing the jump. I'm doing the jump." Yeah, you got it. And then I trick. I had a client at the time. Ryan Fotheringham, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, bro, I just need to book this thing and do it. And he's like, bro, you just spontaneously do it, and I'll come with you. And I was like, all right. And I didn't even know I was going to go. What a legend. And I went for a walk around the Brisbane city on Saturday morning and didn't even know with a different mate. And then on Sunday morning, I just woke up, and I was just like, something inside of me. This was like four months after the fact that I did a failed jump to start with. And I was like, it was a beautiful day. And I was like, you know what? If there's a fucking spot available at 1.30 this afternoon, I'm just going to book it and do it. Yeah. And I just looked on the website and sure enough, there was like eight spots available. I was, in my head, I was kind of like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really going to be booked out. Yeah, yeah. And then I just called up my mate, Ryan, and I was like, bro, we're jumping. And he's like, all right, let's go. What a legend. And, um, he actually was a man of his word too. And yeah. <laughs> and then since then, I did the jump and then overcome the fear of that. And since then, I've been paragliding. I only just did that. How way. good is it, by the way? Paragliding? The, no, the jump first. first oh, amazing. I man. want to do it. I've not done it yet. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things like everyone says, you have to do it to feel it. Yeah. And it is. It's like once you jump, the fear goes. That's yeah, because I imagine the fear of falling. Because the thing that's always appealed to me about the skydiving rather than the bungee jumping, and I have done something similar to bungee jumping, um, bridge swinging, New Zealand, we'll talk about it later, but um, yeah. it's like an amalgamation. The fear of, like, because you get a feeling of falling, but that 
goes with yeah, skydiving, yeah, yeah. apparently. So, because like, you, like you, you're falling for so long, it's like it, there's no perception, right? Yeah, so I don't no know, perception. It's like kind of like the closest thing to flying, I guess. 100%. Yeah. So were you like, let's do that again? Uh, I wasn't. I felt very nauseous when I got down. Oh, I got really? a bit of a weak gut. I think oh, okay. before I went um, paragliding, I took a couple of um, travel calms. So oh, I recommend okay. anyone's going skydiving if you get like motion sickness, definitely pop a couple of travel calm because, yeah, yeah I felt fucking nauseous as like yeah. for an hour after it. Oh, I didn't feel like I wanted to go up straight away. I was just like, I was kind of like when I got down, I was like, Phew, thank God that we didn't get hooked on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was, as I was, branches around here. <laughs> I was like, as we were going up in the plane, I told the guy that I was strapped to. He's like, "Oh, so have you ever been skydiving?" I was like, "No, nah, funny story though." Fucking <laughs> what, what, what did he say? What did he say? He's like, "Oh, fuck, man." He was like, "Different." I can't remember what nationality. He's like, nah, "Well, fucking hopefully won't happen this time." And he's like, "Have a good jump, man." I was like, "See you at the bottom." <laughs> was he with you though? Yeah, he's with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, jumped and then it opened up huge things in my life, man. So that's a bit of a long-winded story, but. It's a cool thing for anyone out there scared of heights, um, overcoming the fear, just like anything, stepping outside mm. the comfort zone. Mm. It opened up many more avenues and gave me a different perspective on different things with business and training and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And it is, it's, it's a big part of it. And you know, that's why we always talk about like fear. And I ask this question, it's the thing that holds us back. I mean, we hold ourselves back and ultimately, I said it before, the obstacles, the way the fear is, the way time feeds fear, the more you can attack it and go for it, you realize that one, sometimes it's not what you thought, but also on the opposite side of fear is everything you desire. 100%. And most people who overcome their fears, whether it's a small fear or a big fear, or you continue to overcome multiple fears, you sort of go, why didn't I do this sooner? Usually, um, because like you said, there's only better things on the horizon of it. Yeah. Matt, I appreciate your time, brother. It's been Cheers, real bro. for people who want to know more. Plug yourself, mate. Where can they find you? Where can they go? <clears throat> yeah, check me out on Instagram, Road to Aesthetics, or on Facebook. I actually have just released my ebook, 16 Crucial Things You Need to Know to Gain Muscle Without the Fat. And let me tell you guys, number four will blow your mind. Literally. Yeah. So you, can <laughs> you can download my free ebook, and that's just in my Instagram uh, bio. And yeah, grab yourself a copy and have a read and let me know what you think. I've got some very valuable information in that ebook. Guys, make sure you head across. I'll even make it one step easier and I'll put the direct link. I'm sure we can do that. Yep. I'll put it in the show notes, guys. So wherever you're watching, if it's on YouTube or you're listening on iTunes, any platform, it'll be there. So just guys, it's not hard to scroll down, pop it in there. And as ever, if you liked it, share it with someone. Make sure to subscribe if you're on YouTube, I've got to say it. And of course, if you want to hear more, if you've got any questions, just reach out, guys. Leave a rating and a review and uh, you know, as ever, until the meantime, stay fearless. Get See some. you on the next one. Get some. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. For those of you who are confused, frustrated, and sick and tired of not seeing the results that you want or deserve, make sure that you click the apply for coaching button in the description below and line up a completely free consultation with myself where we can discover if it's a good fit as client and coach and take your health and physique to the next level once and for all.